studied who is the Holy Spirit. Praise God. We understand, as a lot of people in general terms say, refer to the Holy Spirit as it, as if it's a whiff, a smoke, or something that is other than a person. We understand from the scripture that Holy Spirit is God himself. Praise the Lord. God is revealed. God is one and he's revealed as God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Praise the Lord. And so the question that pops into our mind is, if God is God and he's all-powerful, as the scripture says, is it possible for mere mortals, mere humans, to grieve him, to quench the Holy Spirit? Is it possible? Praise the Lord. That's the question that comes into the minds of people. We have no problem in understanding God the Father, God the Son, because we are able to relate with the Father figure, because we all have a Father, or we are fathers. We are also able to relate with the son figure because we have seen the sons. But when it comes to spirit, we are in a place where we cannot understand from a human perspective the personhood or the personality of the Holy Spirit. Can the Holy Spirit be grieved? The Bible says, do not grieve the Holy Spirit. So if that's what the Bible says, that means the Holy Spirit can be grieved. The Bible says, do not quench the Spirit. That means you and I are able to quench the work of the Holy Spirit. We want to look into different fields here. But before we venture into that, we need to understand what does it mean to grieve the Holy Spirit. To grieve means to wound the feelings, to make sorrowful, to offend, or to displease. Praise the Lord. Now, the Holy Spirit comes into our heart, makes a board into our hearts, indwells us when we receive him as our Savior. When we are born again, we are sealed by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit takes residence in us. That's a fact. But the Bible also teaches that there are consequently, there are other experiences. And we said, we need to be baptized by the Holy Spirit, endured with the power from above. We can be filled over and over again by the Holy Spirit. We can be directed and led by the Holy Spirit. Praise the Lord. And God wants us to experience that fullness of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Praise the Lord. The Holy Spirit wants to work in our lives in great power, but we can grieve him or quench him in our lives by our actions, by our deeds, by our unbelief, by our sin, whereby he won't be able to do much through us. Praise the Lord. 
How is it possible that there are so many Christians who claim to be filled with the Holy Spirit yet live a defeated life? Is it because we are constantly grieving the Holy Spirit and quenching his work in our lives? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Well, what is the difference between quenching the Spirit and grieving the Spirit? In one word, quenching is what you do to the Spirit. Quenching is what you do to the Spirit, what you do to the work of the Spirit. Grieving is how He responds to what you do. I will repeat that. Quenching is what you do to the Holy Spirit or what you do to the work of the Holy Spirit. Grieving is how he responds to what we do. Praise the Lord. Now imagine, the Holy Spirit is telling you to do something. When you ignore him, when you disobey him, you are quenching the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. As people who are involved in corporate worship, praise God. As people who are involved in personal worship, private worship. As people who are involved in worship, having a family altar in our homes. You and I have to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Praise the Lord. The moment or the momentum or the direction of the Holy Spirit is not simply experiencing exuberance and excitement in Holy Spirit. The exuberance and excitement that we experience in worship is good and we should continue. But amidst the exuberance and excitement that comes in the, in, in the work and the manifestation of the Holy Spirit, our ears have to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit so that we can hear what he says, when he says, so that we can act on what the Holy Spirit tells us. Praise the Lord. We have to people, we have to become people who learn to hear his voice and take that step of faith when he tells us to do something. Quite often, we have become so rigid in our programs that our programs control us. Programs should not control us. Holy Spirit should control us. For that, we have to become sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Praise the Lord. It's not like turning the switch on and off. It is when we adorn ourselves, clothe ourselves with prayer and praise, we become conducive, we become sensitive to the momentum of the Holy Spirit. That's when we come to a stage and a state where we can agree with Paul who says, those who are led by the Spirit of God are called the children of God. That means it is a habit, a discipline that is cultivated in our lives. It's an intent. 
intentional discipline that is cultivated in our lives where we simply learn to fall back on him, to trust in him, to lean on him to the extent that we are willing to take steps that the Spirit of God tells us to do. That would be quite often outside the bounds of the way we operate. Praise God. I will give you examples from my own life. Praise the Lord. One day, my voice was completely shut. And I decided that maybe I'm not going to speak. But the Spirit of God says, no, you're going to speak. I said, Lord, nothing's going to come out of my mouth because but hardly you could hear my voice. Well, the Holy Spirit said, you have a word and you have to speak. I was in a dilemma. You come and you want to share something, but if nothing comes out, it will be a very embarrassing moment. But I decided I'm just going to simply lean on him and trust him. It was Mother's Day. And I delivered that message. The Lord taught me something as I was delivering the message. It's always good to simply obey what he says. Praise the Lord. As I started to minister, the Lord started giving me revelation that I had not brought that day as a prepared part of my message. I realized that I would have missed it if I would have disobeyed what the Holy Spirit was trying to tell me. So every moment as I was ministering, every word, every syllable that was coming out of my mouth, I was leaning on him because I realized that if he were not to help me, nothing was going to come out. Praise the Lord. After the ministry, I realized the blessing of simply being obedient to the Holy Spirit. That is one experience that I had here in this church. We were ministering in Tanzania. After our ministry in, in Ethiopia, then from Kenya, we went to Tanzania. I, we were, we, I was dead tired because our ministry in, in Ethiopia and Kenya was round the clock. It was just continuous. I've never seen a group of people who don't want to go home. They just keep on worshiping, keep on worshiping, and we are not used to ministering like that. You know, we come, we minister for half an hour, one hour, but this is a group of people that would not get up and leave. So we were like, kept on ministry. After the word ministry, the, the crowd will just go into exuberant worship, and then again ministry. So we like, dead meat by the time you reach Tanzania. Tanzania, we were ministering. After the word ministry, I went and sat down. And the Holy Spirit told me to go and pray for a girl whose both leg was completely paralyzed. I shuddered. I just, re just sat there for some time. Good, powerful word of God ministry, and the next person was ministering. It was everything was good. The altar call was going on. The Holy Spirit said, Go and pray for her. So I kind of went, laid my hands on her, and I prayed and just, you know, smoothly went and sat. And the Holy Spirit said, No, pray for her and pull her up. 
Now you understand, you go and pull up a person that has both the legs paralyzed. If you pull her up and if nothing happens, what's going to happen? She's going to fall. And if she's going to fall, what's going to happen? That's going to be embarrassing. I don't know how they react to those guys who do this in Africa. So I was like reluctant. I didn't want to do it. But I could hear the Spirit of God saying, go, do it, go, do it, go, do it. Finally, I just mustered enough strength, hoping because of the powerful worship, nobody will notice me. So I just simply went there. In the name of Jesus, I said, and I pulled her up to my shock and disbelief. The girl stood up. Then the Holy Spirit said, start walking. I think she had more strength in her legs than I had in mine. But because the Holy Spirit said, I started taking one step and I realized that she started responding. That was God's power at work. Why? Because we, when we become sensitive to the Holy Spirit and become obedient to the voice of the Spirit, that's when God tends to work within us. But quite often, we are so scared and afraid of what everyone will think about it. So throughout our life, we sit because we don't want to be in a place what everybody thinks. But God's people, every one of us, we have been empowered. Those who are baptized in the Spirit, we've been empowered with the power from above so that God can manifest His glory through our lives. And for that, we have to become people who are willing to hear and exercise what the Lord tells us to do. Praise the Lord. And that is something that should be across the board. Praise the Lord. So becoming sensitive to the Holy Spirit and moving according to the move of the Spirit. When we do not respond to Him, praise the Lord, we are quenching what He wants to do in us. Praise the Lord. And what is the response of the Holy Spirit? He is grieved by our disbelief, unbelief. Praise the Lord. You know what the writer of Hebrews says about unbelief? We should not have a wicked heart of unbelief. A heart of unbelief is in the sight of God, wicked. Praise the Lord. So what are we trying to say? Is it possible to grieve and quench the work of the Holy Spirit? Yes, it is possible. And as I was meditating, I started asking the Lord, how many times I might have done this? How many times you and I have heard the promptings of the Holy Spirit and simply ignored it because we did not have the guts, the boldness, or the preparedness to take that step of faith. Praise the Lord. As we are studying this, I want God's people to take that step of faith. Praise the Lord. God uses you and me. Praise God. Not because we are special, but because the power of the Holy Spirit is upon us. And this is available for everybody in the body of Christ. You and I have to act 
activate this. You and I have to come to a place where we are willing to go on the limb to what and when he says. Praise the Lord. Holy Spirit is a person. And when you study the scripture, you see as a person, he has his personality. Praise the Lord. He's not just simply an influence. He's not simply a force, but he is a person. He's God himself who has taken residence in our heart. When we forget that, we live a careless, casual, defeated life. But when we are aware of it, and we align ourselves to his will, then we start living that kind of active, robust, vibrant kind of life that God wants us to experience. When we study about God and his attributes, there are so many attributes written about God. And we already mentioned these. And one of the three of them that we talked about was, it starts with omni. Can we say what it is? Omniscient, that means an all-knowing God. Omnipresent, that means he is simultaneously everywhere. He transcends not only space, but also time. That means he can see your past, present, and future. Praise the Lord. At the same time, he's an omnipotent God. That means he's an all-powerful God. Now, I want to quote something that Dr. Tony Evans says, and I quote this, there is nothing that God does not know. That is his omniscience. There is no place that he does not exist. That is his omnipresence. There is nothing that God cannot do that is his omnipotent, end quote. Praise the Lord. So when we understand the Holy Spirit possess the same kind of attribute that God the Father, God the Son possess, praise the Lord, we understand that he is God himself who has taken residence in us. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. As a person, Holy Spirit has his mind. Romans 8, 27. And he that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Both. God the Father, in this particular verse, in its context, both God the Father, God the Holy Spirit have a mind. And the Holy Spirit is able to intercede for us according to the will of God. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. The Holy Spirit has a will. Praise the Lord. Acts chapter 16, verse 6. Now when they had gone throughout Phrygia, and the region of Galatia, and were forbidden of the Holy Ghost to preach the word in Asia. The word forbidden in Greek is koluho, meaning 
to exert one's will. Praise the Lord. What does that mean? It means in this particular context, in this particular instance, the Holy Spirit exerts his will upon his servants who are obeying the mandate of the Lord Jesus Christ. I want you to listen to this very carefully. When you go and share the gospel, you are fulfilling the mandate or the great commission of, the, of, of Jesus Christ. But even as we are obeying the mandate and fulfilling the great commission, you and I have to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit's will. Praise the Lord. So when they tried, attempted twice to enter into a place, the Holy Spirit exerted his will and forbade them from going into that particular place. Praise the Lord. See, that is only possible when we become sensitive to the Holy Spirit. You and I can claim there is the great commission which authorizes me to share the gospel, to preach the gospel, 100% right. But we have a spirit of God who indwells us, who wants to navigate us when, where, how, who to share the gospel. So when we align our wills to his will, when we align our will to the Holy Spirit's will, and we move forward according to what he says, what happens is that's when you see results. Praise the Lord. See, you and I can box in the air, but Jesus has given us the spirit of truth who would lead us into all the truth so that we can do what he says, when he says, how he says, the morous operanda according to what he says. For that, we have to become sensitive to the Holy Spirit. That's what the scripture teaches. The will, knowing the will of the Spirit. Praise the Lord. Listen. When we read the scripture, we understand that there is a general will of God that is applicable to everyone. Within the general will of God that is applicable to everyone is, the scripture has laid boundaries. Okay? And when we stay within the boundaries, we are operating within the general will of God. I will give you an example. Okay, now the general will of God, the Bible says, abstain from all appearances of evil. That is a general will of God that is applicable to me, to you, to every one of us. No one is exempt from it. The Bible says, stay away from sexual immorality. There is no debate, there is no if, that particular verse does not shift, does not change based on cultural context. It does not. Praise the Lord. So what is true in what culture is true in another culture. As far as the scripture 
culture is concerned. Because one culture did something wrong for centuries does not make it right in the sight of God. We went to Honduras a few years ago. The day that we landed in Honduras, all the pastors in Honduras had got together and that was a very special day. Because the culture in that country is you don't get into a covenant relationship with your spouse. You like a girl, you get along with that girl, you start your life together without any kind of commitment. You live for some time, you have offsprings, after some time you want to live, you can leave and you can start something else. That's the culture. But the men of God in that city came together. When they studied God's word, they realized that, that according to the scripture, a husband and wife has to get into a covenant relationship. You cannot just simply start living with someone and have intimate kind of relationship. The Bible does not allow it. Praise the Lord. The Bible says that that's fornication and the Bible has its own terminologies for that. Just because they practiced that for hundreds of years does not mean that it is okay for them and it's not okay for someone else. So in that context, we need to understand the general will of God. Being faithful to your spouse is the will of God. Praise the Lord. There is no ifs and buts to it. When you get married, when you enter into a covenant relationship with your spouse, that means you have made a covenant to be faithful until death do you apart. And there is no exceptions to that. You have to, marital faithfulness is absolutely important for the growth development of nuclear family. Praise the Lord. So this is absolutely important. There is no ifs and buts to it. Honoring our parents, it's the will of God. Praise God. Every child, every son, every daughter in the house this morning, you need to know it is the will of God concerning you that you honor your parents. Praise the Lord. Honor your parents in every decisions that you make. That doesn't mean that you are disabling your desires and your will. If your desires and your will aligns to the scripture, praise the Lord, and within that boundaries of the scripture, you have to honor your parents because God has also, it's a command, but God in his wisdom has connected two special perks with it. You know what is the two special perks? So that it may go well with you. God wants everything to go well with you. And so what does he do? He connects that to a command. What is that command? You honor your father and your mother. And there is a second promise, which is what? So that you may have a long life. 
See how God in his wisdom connects us. So if you want to experience that, you have to operate within that general will of the Father. What is mentioned in the scripture. We are saying the Holy Spirit has a will and he will make us known his will. There are general will of God that is applicable to every one of us. Now, there is a specific will of God that is applicable to each and every one of us. Praise the Lord. This is not just a simply a concept or a theory, but the scripture teaches this. Jesus, in John chapter 16, verse 12 and 13, makes it very clear. Somebody read that out for us. John 16, verse 12 and 13. Yes. One person read that. The other person will read Ephesians chapter 2, verse 9 and 10. Quick! Hmm. Hmm. He, when the spirit of truth comes... He will guide you into all the truth. God is truth. Jesus is embodiment of truth. Holy Spirit is a spirit of truth. The scripture is truth. So he will guide you into all the truth. Next. Hmm. Hmm. He will disclose to you what is to come. Ephesians 2, 9 and 10. Quick. Ah, come on, come on, quick. Hmm. Hmm. We are Christ's workmanship. What kind, what tra trans translation is that? What version is that? ESV, okay. Somebody read. We are Christ's workmanship. Yes. Hmm. Hmm. God prepared a good work for you beforehand. Why? So that you can ponder, you can think about it. Should I do it or should I not do it? Is it convenient for me? Is it inconvenient for me? Will that pull me out of my comfort zone? Will that put me at odds with others? No. The Bible says so that we would, we would walk in them. So if God has something planned for you in advance and he expects Expects you to walk in them, how do you know it? How do you know it? The Holy Spirit will tell us. Holy Spirit is a person we have to develop a relationship with Him. It is not exclusively for the pastor, it is not exclusive for the apostle, it is for all of us. God, so we have to learn that. Take a step of faith. When he tells you something to do, do it. Give it a shot. Give it a shot. You will be astounded what God can do in you, 
for you, through you. Praise the Lord. I'm not done. I want to honor the man of God that's here today, Pastor Jacob John. I took this time to share because we are also starting our small groups. And our small groups are activated as of today. And so we want to start this and hoping and praying without any break. Listen. When we study God's word, if we have to move according to the movings of the Holy Spirit, we have to become what? We have to be sensitive, obedient to the voice and the will of God. How many of us will decide today, Lord, I'm going to give it a shot. Praise Lord. I'm born again. I'm baptized. I'm Holy Spirit filled. I come to church. I, I'm involved in church. I do so many things. That's good. Listen, wherever God has placed you, becoming sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Suppose I am the worship leader, I'm leading worship, and I see the Holy Spirit moving in the house. What do I do? What do I do? I have a second singer ready. That has to start the second song. So now I as a leader I have a choice. Do I move to the second choice? Second song? Or do I let the Holy Spirit just take over? That's a decision that you have to make. And for that you have to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Praise God. And so everyone, the pastor, the preacher, the teacher, the singer, the worship leader, the, the lay people, every one of us when we start moving in that realm, as worship is going on, if the Holy Spirit tells you, go and pray for someone who's struggling with something in their lives, you have the freedom to do so. Nobody's going to hold you down. But God has given us wisdom how we do it. Praise God. So we have to become sensitive to the Holy Spirit. And every sessions that we have, every meetings that we have, if you are deliberate about it as the Lord, Lord, lead us, guide us, make us sensitive to your spirit, we're going to see great things happening within us. The Bible says, those who know their God shall do great exploits. Not those who know about their God. We have to move away from about to an intimate knowledge. That's why the Holy Spirit is in residence with us. All eyes closed. We'll continue. God willing in the next weeks. Father, we yield ourselves to you. We do confess and acknowledge that we have grieved your spirit and how often we have quenched the work of the Holy Spirit. Father, as individual I and as a church we 
As we have grieved you so many times and quenched your spirit so many times, we ask that you would forgive us. We pray that we will become sensitive to your Holy Spirit and we will move according to your will. We will synchronize our footsteps with your steps, O oh Father. Help us to do so. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.